Gentlemen, start your engine. Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, radio hotter. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry, my little uh, um, technical um, goodies. Radio hotter. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Evening viewers, welcome to another international version of Radio Hotland. Here we are in uh, sunny Birmingham. 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 Birmingham, lady. And with me, as uh, usual, while I'm in the international part of uh, the show, is uh, Paul Lofo Ryan. G'day. And also, Alan Simonson. Hello, and uh, welcome to the show. Well, what a day we've had, boys, and in fact, what a couple of days. Been a big couple of days, the Autosport International, the racing car show. Um, bit of a who's who of um, motorsport, really, here. Um, well, present, including present company, but uh, pretty much uh, pretty much anyone in the game who wasn't uh, sitting in a Formula One car in Jerez in Spain um, today, if they weren't there, they were here. So They certainly were, and I'm so glad we had Alan as a tour guide, because uh, you managed to recognise just about everyone in the whole of NEC. Well, I've been here for for a few years now, so uh, yeah, I do know, do know a few people, and uh, yeah, no, this is the meeting point of um, of the world. If you if you if you want to go somewhere within motorsport, you've got to be here. That's just the way it is. Yeah, it definitely is a place where people come to do business. I suppose I, I have to say that I was a little underwhelmed by the show. It wasn't quite as big as what I thought it was going to be, but nonetheless, still, you know, we we, we wore the legs out, but it, it was a very good networking event. And as Alan says, yeah, you really just got to be here to, uh, to 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 move forward each year. Yeah, they're kind of running into a lot of old uh, little faces that uh, that you, you normally see at racetracks over the course of the year, and even some old faces from Australia, running the Dale Rogers from uh, RPM Racing, uh, who was over here having a bit of a look see, seeing what all the other international uh, international suit manufacturers were up to, no doubt. But um, you were just recounting a little funny story there. Yeah, he's got, yeah he's got to say he did a roaring trade at Balaclavas after Bathurst, so uh, yeah, quite um, <laughs> quite funny. But, um, but he actually had an introduction to, uh, to motorsport and supplying John Bow with uh, RPM gear and a funny fact. Oh, no, this was kind of way, way, way before um, RPM race gear came into being. But uh, no, there is a story. Um, Dale was a photographer in his, uh, in his younger days. And back when JB was in open wheelers and Dale apparently was in a spot at the end of the back straight at Calder where he wasn't supposed to be. For somehow standing in the standing in the in the sand trap, and JB proceeded to go off at the end of the back straight and um, run him over and put him in the hospital with two broken legs. So. <laughs> there you go, bad yeah, Billy. You, you got to look out for those errant photographers kind of standing in the middle of a sand trap somewhere. <laughs> well, it, it definitely has been a fun couple of days there, boys. So, well, let's, uh, what, what's been the highlight, uh, Alan? Well, I guess the highlight is to, um, for me personally, was to uh, to go and meet with uh, Aston Martin, where where there's a possibility of uh, of driving at Le Mans and uh, at Sebring. Um, obviously, it's something that I would love to be part of because this is a big company. Um, it would mean a lot to my career if, if this could happen. Uh, but just in general, uh, meeting people and and trying to do deals and stuff is is really what we're here for. Um, and obviously being in Australia, living there, you don't get to see many of your friends uh, 
So you come here and you, you sort of see them all in, in two or three days, which is great. It's great atmosphere here. Uh, we all talk speaking the same language, and uh, it's good. Whether that be Danish or uh, Danish or English, or oh, English friends, I would say. I mean, I, I haven't haven't raised in uh, in Denmark uh, since 1999, so it's it's English and international friends. I mean, I love England. I've lived here for three years, and uh, it, it's 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 a good country. It's a it's a country that uh, lives and breathes motorsport, and uh, it's a great place. Pretty about the weather, but, yeah. pretty about the weather. We're all moaning about that, um, but uh, makes us appreciate home. It does. That is for sure. No, it's good. That, and yeah, as, as Alan said, yeah, catching up with catching up with old friends and yeah, some uh, some old mates like David Brabham and Fiona, yes. and Fiona Miller, who's a PR mate of mine, and a oh, bunch you're of Fiona? yeah, a bunch of T bunch of TV friends and some other driver guys that I know, like Johnny Molum and uh, so forth. It was good to kind of catch up with all uh, catch up with all those guys and. You know, it just uh, the other highlight was having a look at some of the old Grand Prix cars that were on loan here for the show um, that are normally over at Donington. Uh, just a great array of stuff, you know, including Jack Brabham's, uh, I think it was the '66 World Championship winning car was down there. Seeing the um, the flying yellow teapot, the Renault Turbo from Patrick of the late '70s, of Patrick Tombay, and even stuff like the old uh, Auto Union. Um, Grand Prix car from the uh, rear engine, uh, one of the first kind of rear engine cars. They've been from, brave, brave fellas to yeah, drive those cars from yeah. back in the thirties. Yeah, you know, Bert Rosemeyer and those guys. You know, it was uh, uh, it was great to see some of that stuff as well. It certainly was. And just before we go off the subject of Aston Martin, um, uh, Alan, um, just in the last couple of weeks, you got a pretty good rap in Autosport where uh, you hadn't been able to complete the, all the uh, British GT duties with Hector Lester and the uh, Christian broadcasters for RE three hundred and sixty due to some commitments in Australia in endurance supercar racing, but they voted you uh, number two. Yeah, it was uh, it was a big surprise for me, actually. Um, not that I didn't think that I was good enough, because I guess every driver thinks he's the best, but it's the matter that oh, we were in the GT3 class, and um, there was uh, about 60 drivers uh, in and out in the, during the championship, and uh, to be voted second overall, that's uh, quite... It's quite nice that people appreciate uh, or actually take notice of what you do, even though you're not in the uh, in the bigger class. And the guy who won the championship in there, or the guys who won the uh, the GT2 championship, one was third and one was not even on the list. So it's um, it's nice, and uh, had a few shoulder pats uh, throughout the weekend, which is nice. Yeah, John thinks he's pretty good in a go kart too, but you know, he's, uh, we all we all like to, we all like to think we're the um, no, well, I think you're barking up the wrong tree there, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Watch well, out, we're not pulling your legs. That's leg, Alan. It's been interesting over the past couple of days this week. Alan's obviously spent a fair bit of time in Australia. It's the first time I've met him this weekend, and he's picked up on a lot of the little local sayings, but he's almost picked them up. Not quite right. <laughs> I think he's going to get revenge in the next few days as I, I trundle off to Denmark with him. I'm yeah. sure I'm going to get set up sooner yeah, or later. You don't, you don't know what you're, what you're leaving yourself into there. But uh, no, we'll go. This will be the last episode right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, another bit of interesting news this morning. Uh, actually, it was yesterday morning. Was the, uh, the David Richards, the pro driver, uh, came on onto the floor to uh, launch the new P2 road car, which is a sensational bit of kit with its, um, I think, Subaru WRX SDI engine. Um, and uh, claimed performance of 0 to 100 kilometres an hour in 3.6 seconds on sale 
for around 40,000 pounds. Going to be a long line of people. It's a great car. I mean, it's, uh, it's a car which is uh, cheaper than their BMW M3, and it uh, it looks the Doc Scots that they say over here, so... <laughs> We say the dog's bollocks. So. Yeah. But um, no, it's uh, it's a fantastic car. I love it. I, I, I would buy one if, uh, if if it was on sale and if I had the cash. It's, uh, it looks fantastic. Yeah, I was going to say, these racing drivers are overpaid 40,000 quid for a... Uh, no. no. 40,000 quid for, for a car in the UK. No, but it does... Um, it does look great and they've obviously you know there's a lot of uh, what a lot of people may not realize is that um you know pro drive do a lot in the uh, in the road car industry um apart from uh, apart from just the racing side of things very similar to what we do at multimatic you know everyone knows from the from the racing and so forth we do but the racing is only a very very small part of uh, uh, of the company's activities, and that is the same with, with ProDrive, and, and really Bodymatic and ProDrive are, are, are competitors really in in that regard. But uh, no, they do a great job, and um, you know I think the um, had a very slick stand, and I, I liken them to the Apple computer of the car racing business because they they innovate and they create, and um, you know they they're not flashy with their advertising. It's Plain but very effective. And how long before you reckon you see David Richards back in Formula One? I don't know. Very good question. I tried to see him today, but uh, I didn't get around to doing it. Because uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. But I, I think you'd hazard a guess. I think it's going to be a matter of time before uh, uh, before that happens. Particularly if they um, if they uh, not cheapen the sport, but they're, they're looking at new rules coming in for 2008, where it's going to become a lot more cost effective to run a Formula One team. Um, if that does transpire, then I think you're going to see some interesting players come back into the fold. The, um, the, the Formula 1 cars are pretty interesting to look up close at them, uh, the, especially the, the Renault, the aerodynamic components. They're just all little bristles with all sorts of bits and pieces here and there, and, and, and looking underneath the chassis, it's, it's amazing just really what goes on there. You just don't see it on television. Um, and uh, yeah, just on the, on, on the ProDrive P2 car, I was just uh, reading what David had said here, and it's in the, uh, in the brochure that, that when they had the Christmas party uh, last year, they decided that they wanted to, to come up with a product which brought the, the company together because they, were, they had engineering divisions in all the different sort of areas and rallying and, and Le Mans sports car racing and supercars, and they felt that it would be good if they had something that sort of brought everyone together. And so um, it, it really is a, a product that probably demonstrates uh, all their um, abilities put together. Yep, no, they're uh, involved in a lot. Of course, you know, as you mentioned, Subaru, they did the Aston Martin program, they're heavily involved in uh, in BAR. And interesting news from Spain over the past few days, the latest round of Formula One testing, and the new Honda V8 powered BAR chassis, of course, uh, Formula One teams all moving to a V8 chassis, a V8 engine from a V10 engine for 2006, and the Honda is very, very, very quick. Barrichello was actually past this time of the week um, in his debut for the new team, his first run on Michelin tyres as well. Um, they are going to be a team to watch. The guys that come up, come jump out of the box with this new engine formula and do the best job. I think you're going to see a few surprises. It's, it, I, it's not going to be just a McLaren versus Renault fight this year. I think there's going to be some very, very interesting races by, um, you know, when they turn up. Not in Melbourne for the first race, but in Bahrain for the first race this year. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, there's a bit of a tight schedule with uh, the, um, 
Formula One um, this year, uh, week after Clips of 500. It's after four days of Clips of 500, everyone's straight off to, to Melbourne for four days, and it's going to be hell for, for teams to turn the cars around to get there. Um, right. I might see a few of the, uh, the, the second-tier series. Uh, great, if you're, great if you're a spectator. You know, if you come to Australia for a... Come for a show here for a couple of week holiday. Go see the Clips of 500 and the Grand Prix, two of the best, best motor racing events in the world, back to back. Um, you know, unfortunately they're both not in Adelaide anymore. But uh, you know, they at least get to see Australia's best city, and then they go to Melbourne. <laughs> Sorry, Melbourne listeners. Uh, well, Alan lives in Melbourne, but you're, you're thinking of, you're coming back at the end of the month, and you've got some some duties to do down there to evaluate what's going on for the year. But you might. Uh, as, as we start to get into winter, you might start to disappear back up here to summer. It could uh, very well be. Um, there's not uh, that much happening on my racing front in Australia for 2006, unfortunately. Um, however, the racing industry in terms of for professional drivers has picked up a lot more in, in, in Europe uh, throughout last year and also especially for this year there's a lot, a lot of talk um, obviously there's always a lot of talk but it seems like the talk this year has a little bit more behind it um, but who knows I mean um, I haven't signed any deals or anything yet at this stage so I'm just uh, I'm just using my uh, my ears and, and sort of see what's coming out of it but uh, we'll definitely see me in the supercars for the endurance races that's uh, that's one thing I nearly got uh, sanded Look, it's a bit early to say, though, because things have changed so fast in this industry. And uh, yesterday we were having lunch up at the Autosport VIP uh, luncheon spot. Uh, it was very nice with Lars Christian Brask, and he had said he was really um, pleased to see people were starting to spend money again in the sport, and it showed a bit of confidence. So, uh, you know, we you know what the business is like. It changes so quick. It certainly does. It certainly does. It was a nice view up there, wasn't it? Yes, well, a very good view. It's a nice, nice little part of that, and you kind of oh. run into, run into everyone and everyone. They seem to kind of congregate at the, uh, at the auto sports stand. So. Well, not so much the stand, but the, uh, the upper stand. Well, yeah, the, the VIP lounge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anywhere where there's a free beer, you generally find. And after a week of uh, being in in Barry St Edmunds and really not seeing much to look at, it was pretty good stuff to look at on the floor. Boys, and it uh, certainly it was, wasn't cars. It was uh, double Ds. Yep, it was double yep. Ds. The aerodynamics were um, beautiful. There were impressive. a lot yeah. of honeys there, and um, well, it's not that we we don't usually do this, but we will be putting a special autosport gallery up on RadioHotLap.com for everyone to have a bit of a look at. And you can tell you we didn't enjoy ourselves one little bit. No, no, not at all. Linda, we hated it. <laughs> <laughs> and any of our any of our other female listeners, it was terrible. You know. Yeah, it was. Uh, what else has gone on? Do you see any gadgets at the show? Of course, it's a show about motor racing gadgets and uh, barbecues. I didn't see well, that. Well, there was. A, I went down and tried out this uh, new uh, driving simulator, which was which was pretty good. Oh, like it, it was. It was good. It had a lot of you know height uh, terrain information, and it was accurate to within two millimeters. And it, it, you know, I still managed to crash the shit out of the thing. It, it, anyway. it, it wouldn't be for ten thousand pounds, but you know. Well, if you had a look at it, but you. you I had a look at it, and uh, you, you know, I, I thought it was a great-looking piece of kit. But for ten thousand um, pound, um, well, you could buy a race car for ten thousand pound. Well, you can have a look at it at uh, Ball Racing Developments, and they're at www.brdsim.com. It was all pretty, uh, pretty cool, and um, we've we've put it to them to send one down to Australia and see whether we can get anybody interested in it at their expense. 
So we'll see what happens. And then there was another setup as well with the 3D glasses. Oh, that was pretty neat too, yeah. It was actually like, so you could see, it was like what's sitting in, a, sitting in a car. It was like a 3D movie, like an old-fashioned 3D movie where you go to the pictures, put the funny glasses on, and the dash appears right in front of you, and the road appears a long way ahead. We watched some bloke drive kind of rather slowly, you know, seemed to have a little bit of a trouble with the connection between the brain and the right foot. <laughs> it was about 90. Yeah, <laughs> He was pretty timid going at it, but uh, no, it was uh, some interesting stuff. Being, you know, from for the real motor racing techie heads kind of thing, there was some uh, some pretty clever technology in, in, into some of the manufacturing stuff and some of the 3D modelling and stuff that uh, uh, they can create um, mock-ups of parts um, on a it's like a 360-degree three-axis. Um, milling machine that you just plug in the data straight in and it spits you out a part that's ready to go life size that you can you, know, you can basically do a complete um, shock absorber and so forth and spring a mock-up of what the thing would look like fit it to the car and it's just kind of strong enough to hold the car up it obviously doesn't spring very well but you can do they can do complete engines gearboxes um, everything and do a complete mock-up before they actually make the finished product the engineering side was, was pretty interesting. You don't really get to see that, certainly, at, at, at a motor show. So I suppose this is the place you have to come to, 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 to see that. And, and people probably don't realise just how large the professional motorsport business really is in England. How oh, many people does it employ? Especially in this country, it's thousands. It's thousands and thousands of people. When you consider most of the Formula One teams are based here, most of the, most of the key technology, you know, Cosworth is based here, Ilmore, which is one of the other you know big engine suppliers um, <coughs> for around the world, um, and you've got a lot of you know you, you um, transmission uh, gearbox people like Hewlin and Ricardo and so forth. Um, it's a huge, huge industry, especially around the Silverstone area. It's kind of like motorsport valley. Yeah. There's there is mm. thousands and thousands of people in, and if you want to get a bit of an idea, and this is this is just a a, a really brief little slice to give you an idea as to kind of how many people work in, in motorsport. Go and get this week's copy of Autosport magazine, which would be dated uh, January... It was yesterday, I think, 12. January 12. Um, so in Australia, you may get it a couple of weeks later. Have a look in the photos page where you see the picture of the entire Renault oh. Formula 1 scene, where everybody, it's obviously everybody from the factory, everybody that goes to the races, the it mechanics, the designers, the carbon guys, the, the blokes that sweep the floor, the, the guy that does the gardening, it's like everybody that's involved. There are hundreds it's just a and imagination, hundreds isn't it? Yeah. of people. It's like an end of, end, of, end of school term photo, but there's six or seven, I, I, I don't know what the number is, but it, it is staggering. Yeah. And this tiny little race car in front, and mm. these hundreds of people that go into winning a world championship. And it looks like photographed out at the Flavio's like country shack. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So when uh, we saw a, um, a live bit of live action again today, uh, John, yeah. and you've got a bit of live action too. Bit of a ride in a cage room from my old mate. It was very good. He was um, he was pretty precise and then managed to go around and around the drum without scratching it. And I, it was good. I was trying to get one of the professional photographers to take a photo of me, but they uh, they had a bit of trouble with the, with yeah. the camera. And uh, nonetheless, uh, they won't be invited back to do that again. Yes, yeah, so uh, as a photographer, he makes a great racing driver. Yeah. But no, uh, the, the, the caterham is a the caterham is a good thing. We did quite a lot of uh, uh, rework for. Um, 
for Caterham for their latest uh, the CSR, I, th I think it's called, and it was actually on display here at the stand and did a lot of the design and rework of the chassis and inboard suspension components. The, the original Caterham, of course, is based on the old Lotus 7, which, of course, back in the 60s, they had the dampers and everything, kind of the well, shock absorbers to people who don't know what a damper is. Um, some people in Australia's thing is damper is kind of some bread that you kind of throw into the throw into the fire kind of thing to cook up with your BT and your... Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, Australians would know about yeah, damper. But, like, um, so the suspension springy bits were actually outside the car, so out there in the wind, so we developed a, a whole new package for them that uh, brought that in, made it a lot more streamlined, uh, a lot of four-post rig work uh, on the car to, to, to really turn it into a, just a fantastic little pocket rocket. Lots of horsepower, no weight, and um, just goes around Beautiful. like it's on rails. Send up gravity. Yeah, yeah. Makes makes the car makes the car go really well. There were a lot of interesting cars there, Alan, in the um, in the um, live action arena. Um, was. We saw a world record too, didn't we? New world record. Uh, oh, I have never seen anything like that. There were like uh, three like Aussie racing cars, which like, are called legends out here. Yeah, in Australia, yeah. with no one driving them. No, there was going one. round and round and round in the middle of the floor what on their that, own. Was that remote control? No, no there was what? one guy that was doing a world <laughs> record attempt to have four cars going in donuts, but him driving all four cars. So what he was doing was he started off in one legend Aussie racing car. He got it donuting, and he sat. Then then he put something onto the um, accelerator. He jumped out of the car, and the car kept going. Jumped into the next legend. Jumped in that, got that going too, and then he went into the. But this is this is in a live arena inside a big hole, so obviously there's barriers and things like that. But once he's got two of them going, one started to sort of move close to the barrier, so he had to run over to that, run around it so he could get and in get there, into the get thing into without it. getting run over. Of course, yeah, and um, and and sort of move it a little bit to a side. Then he ran out of that, got over, ran over to the third legend, got that going, um, and. By then, one was sort of off course again. You had to get it back in line, and as then well as having a thing in the fourth car, which was. And I'm not sure what the fourth car was actually, but it was uh, it was some rear-wheel-driven roadster of, of some kind. He got into that, got that donut thing as well, and then that was it, and that was the new world record. So how did he get it? So he then just ran up and he, I ran, ran, up, and he, ran, he ran up to the cars while they were donutting, and then as soon as they sort of. When you know, I sort of ran into into the donut, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like he sort of ran with the car, and then he jumped in the car, and then yeah. got them going. <laughs> it then, was... Oh yeah, but then well, he, so at the end, he jumped back in and turned them off again. Yeah, yeah, he had to go in, get in all four and, and turn them off again. Staggering. It, it, it was and, pretty, and, 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 and this is the car; they, they're donuting next to each other, you know. So we're we're standing there thinking, well, any minute now, one any minute now, we're going to run into each other. And oh yeah, and they've been donuting for. Five ten minutes. I was just hoping for a blowout because that would see one <laughs> straight into the other and I'll the next one. That never happened. Though. It was a big. It's a big, uh, big operation, and uh, there were a whole lot of other different cars come out. We saw Alistair McRae come out and his uh, as, and his in, in, in Impreza. As, as JP would say, a big shebang. A big shebang. Yes, yeah, JP. Was, yeah. um, there were um, some like like oh, sprint cars. But they had nudge bars all the oh, way around, yes. so they were all a bit... British, British stock car racing. Yeah, yeah was with that little, you know. You oh, that's big here. Derek Warwick got his start in... Uh, yeah, yeah he, was, he was world stock car champion, as they... I well, wouldn't uh, want to poo-poo it. As, as they call it, can you say? Rallycross had some of the... And the good guys that, that, that had won all the series this year. There was a, you know, uh, looks like a rebuilt 6R4 MG Metro and 
some of the newest things. And then I think there was the the two Ferrari 360 GTs, Alan, that yeah. you had raced against. Yeah, the Scuderia Cos uh, GT2 cars. Uh, they were there. They simulated pit stops. Obviously, they were competing at Le Mans this year, so uh, they were simulating to the crowd how they do pit stops. Well, they certainly weren't. They weren't going any slower than they would have been doing. They were. They were very quick and they were extremely loud. Yeah, extremely loud. Uh, crowd loved them. Um, absolutely fantastic to watch. Uh, how how well these guys work together. It looked like a Formula One pit stop, and uh, it looked good. It looked good. People loved it. And the action was like just thick and fast coming, like as soon as one category finished the spike was immediately. Yeah. There was no waiting around, it's it just great. kept going. No, I, have, uh, I didn't get a chance, uh, unfortunately, running into too many people and spending too much time having a chat uh, to, uh, to, to, to check out that. I, I'll tell you some of the other interesting things you saw here at the show, talking about interesting cars. Of course, we saw the new Ferrari 430 Michelotto, which is the new um, uh, GT, um, which will be a GT2 and a GT3 car for next year, so that'll run in the American Le Mans series and Le Mans 24 hour and places like that. Alan hopped in and had a bit of a look see at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saw his head underneath the car. Yeah, yeah. Saw, saw the photographs of that. Yeah, that's a good fit for you. You know, yeah, yeah, no, that's, it's, it's a nice car, it's beautiful. Basically, they've taken the 360 and uh, chopped off all the things they didn't like and just built a, a beautiful car. It, it looks absolutely fantastic. Of course, we saw the... Um, Debut with the new, um, or of course the car actually debuted in Australia at Rally Australia. The uh, new Ford Focus WRC that'll be competing in the World Rally Championship uh, uh, next year, and they unveiled their uh, new drivers for next Team year. Team Finland. Team Finland. Marcus Grunholm and uh, the other bloke that got fired from Subaru. Um, oh, they're not one pronounced. Mental blank. Yes. Linda. Yeah. What Linda or no? Can you just fill us in, uh, Linda, next week? Herbertin. Mika yeah. And of course, you will see, uh, you're going to see uh, Malcolm Wilson's son uh, compete as well. Matthew Wilson, he'll, he'll do a few rounds of the World, uh, of the world um, Rally Championship next year. They announced that. They don't know which rounds he's going to do, but you'll definitely see him in the World Rally Car. Obviously, Daddy's team, so it uh, should be interesting to see how he goes. Uh, very talented driver. I did a little bit of work with him when he was not very... Uh, when he wasn't very old, he came up to Bedford Autodrome Audra, Audra, where I was working as a chief instructor and, uh, and sort of helped him a little bit there. So it's, it's nice to see people like that um, progress and, and move on to, to big things as that. Yeah, and he's bouncing back too because he had a big crash last year. He and his co-driver actually got uh, pretty badly beat up in one of the uh, British Rally Championship rounds. He broke, broke a fair few bones and so forth. So uh, it's good to see him kind of bounce back from that. I suppose it's one of the... The dangers of uh, the dangers of, of rally driving is that, uh, uh, you know, unlike circuit racing, where you end up in the uh, in the sand trap or uh, into the tyre barrier, um, rallying you have a lot of trees and so forth to run into, which is sometimes uh, not so good. No, it was a, a really good uh, a good show, and I, I would, on the whole, uh, suggest anybody who gets the opportunity to come over here uh, to do it. Um, uh, it's pretty good. Uh, we, we didn't do much scamming. There wasn't much really to scam. Not that we were trying to do that. I, Got a couple of little little uh, things to give away. So yeah, you got some yeah, new friends. Stuff. Yeah, you got some new friends at McLaren. That, yeah, uh, yeah the, they like uh, some of the. Um, I suggest there would be less for them to carry back out. If they just well, yeah, in fact, well, you should kind of give one of those away to a radio hot lap listener, maybe. Or... Well, we won't. We won't say what it is because yeah, yeah. it's spoiler. But yeah. uh, if someone sends us a uh, an email, we might uh, we might send it off to them. Yeah, it's all pretty good. And of course, you met some 
uh, talking about the people, the, the people that we meet, you know, some friends and so forth, Omar's, but of course we've, uh, John, you, John and Alan, you also met a, um, a very old friend who's been to Adelaide many, many times. Yes, uh, we did. Uh, this morning we were, we were sniffing around there at the old uh, cars and we ran into Murray Walker and Alan said, look, we better get him on the show. And uh, sure enough, he was happy to oblige and we had a bit of a laugh. So we'll be putting that on at the end of the show so you can hear that. I was going to cut it in, but then on the basis that we don't edit, it's all too hard. Yeah, I was going to say, you don't edit, so how does that work? No, we'll just do that later because uh, otherwise we'll, it'll be ages before we get out. And I should, I should point out, viewers, that uh, we are having the first um, Radio Hot Lap show where we don't have a beer in our hand. This is an alcohol-free show, but that's not to mean it's an alcohol-free day because... Um, we got in a glass of vino for lunch up at the uh, VIP club and uh, Paulie and I sneaked a... Started with the champagne uh, breakfast at Dunlop. With Melissa. With the lovely Melissa, <laughs> who, you in, who you want to move into. <laughs> we wouldn't want to cut yes. some territory. Yes, no, no shit, no, no. Cut no, your lunch. No, shit, no, she's... Don't she's, bring up David Donahue. Certainly, no, she's certainly a lovely girl. She's got a kind face. She does have a kind face. Uh, so Phil, if you are if you're listening out there, she's got a kind face. Well, uh, John, what other toys did you get? Well, uh, I got, I got, I, I bought myself a copy of Crash Six. <laughs> John, uh, John, being uh, being head of uh, of the Ute website, what makes you buy a Crash CD? Well, well actually, he didn't because he because they found out they didn't take plastic. He didn't have any money, so. I actually bought a Crash 6 CD. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's taken that and I'm just getting you going to send me the iPod version. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I've got all the, uh, um, I haven't got all the stuff to actually uh, convert it as yet. I haven't mastered that. That's the... Well, uh, we run into someone who had said that they loved watching the Utes on TV because oh, they, they, said they saw you, you're, that you're not doing it again, Alan. That's right. I, I, uh, I ran into one of my biggest fans here in the UK where they obviously see all the Ute races because they get shown on... Uh, Motors TV. Motors TV is a 24-hour uh, um, motor racing program that's shown in Europe, and uh, there's quite a lot of Australian racing on it. And uh, they were my, big, my biggest fan. They said so. That's uh, always nice to hear. But you never say never. You never know. You could get Drake back in there yet. So. That's right. You never say never. But they could right. export. They could export. Well, that could the Utes go to New Zealand? Maybe the Utes to Denmark could be the next big. Uh, International uh, international trip. It, it could be. It could very well be. Well, actually, I was having a bit of a look at the uh, the, the pending Ute series that's starting up over here with its 550 supercharged, uh, 500 horsepower supercharged engine. There, nice red uh, VXR racing. It's a beautiful Ute. It's a beautiful Ute. Nothing, uh, nothing uh, confirmed there on that. Uh, but um, he's uh, keeping his irons in the fire. Well, what else has been happening in? Uh of course, uh, of course, what we, oh, have, we haven't talked about, we haven't. of course, no. no. We haven't talked about the fact that we've no new iPods this week at Macworld, where the Mac faithful are, are gathered in San Francisco at Moscone got... uh, Central, Moscone Centre, to hear the, uh, the, the king of um, Apple do his... Um, his keynote speech. Reagan Paul's speech. Yeah. And of course, um, uh, Bill Gates had his keynote speech at CES, and uh, what did he announce? It was a yawn first. You didn't announce much at all. Speaking of pregnant pauses, well, Vester is coming. Yeah. Oh. Keep waiting. Yeah, and 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 what were we hearing the other day that um, that it was it's so much like OS ten that the the demonstration that was shown someone actually they cut the audio out of it and then put 
the OS ten demo audio underneath it. Uh, the, 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 the OS ten vision underneath the uh, Vista. Oh. Uh, yeah, it was the OS. Oh, uh, yeah, the OS ten vision. Oh, I got it backwards. Underneath the, um, the the Mac vision under the the Windows audio, I was basically explaining these new things that are coming that Apple's already had for a few years. But anyway, some new. Some What's new in there? What was in the Apple Christmas bag? We had some, uh, of course, they're switching to Intel Intel chips. They've switched. Which doesn't mean that it's going to run as a PC. It just means that it's um, some of the Intel chips. Intel and AMD are kind of the two big key chip manufacturers in the computing game. And Motorola, who used to make the chips for Apple, have kind of been... IBM. Motorola, IBM, IBM, yeah, IBM, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. They've kind of been lagging behind a bit. So um, the new Macs come out with... Um, with the Intel chips, which are significantly faster. Dual core, effectively a dual processor on, on a chip. Yep, so for those who have no idea what we're talking about, it's like doubling your horsepower, basically. You've got two engines in, in the computer rather than uh, rather than two. And some great new software apps and so forth that uh, for, you know, if you're doing, um, doing things like creating your own website or, you know, you want to send photos of the family Christmas lunch to... Uh, your sister across the other side of the country or the other side of the world, um, some really, really clever stuff. Well, that wouldn't be applicable for you because you'd be able to pick up your lunch on myfoodcaloriecounter.com. Very a very, very good, uh, very, very good site. Um, some of the ones... No, you know, Look, next time I come over here, can you not be on a diet? Or no, Or on no. a religious sort of uh, food experience? Well, John, some of, unfortunately for people who have not seen John, he's like a... Um, He's like, he, See, this is going to be a challenge yeah. to actually describe John. He's like a um, oh, Ethiopian yes. Biafran kind of thing that looks like. If you ever see John on the street, just offer him some food because he looks like he, ne he looks like he needs some. Unfortunately, I've had twelve. Oh, months they're of, harsh viewers. Uh, unfortunately, I've had twelve months of living off English food, and um, since I'm getting married this year and have to try to scrub up as well as I can for the photo. It's time to uh, hit the gym and um, watch the calories. So, uh, unfortunately, why John um, can eat and drink and um, be merry, be merry, I'm and talk to Melissa. Yes, this is the international year of restraint for um, for myself. Um, until the wedding weekend, we'll get it locked. Then we can have our cake and eat it too. And just going back to the to the Apple stuff, we really didn't get much of an overview on that. But uh, the yeah, there are new power books out, but we don't we can't call them power books anymore because power was a word that was synonymous with IBM, and they're called the new MacBook Pro, and uh, they are effectively four times as fast as the top of the line power books that they've replaced, which is absolutely wonderful. If they'd had a seven, thank God they didn't have a seventeen inch uh, unit; they only had a fifteen point four inch dis um, display laptop. Otherwise. Uh, we definitely both want to be updating our power. Books. Well, I think there's there's still some software updates and so forth to come. The um, all the Apple apps run natively on this new Intel chip, but some of the things for the some of the techie stuff like uh, Photoshop and um, Adobe InDesign and some of those other programs are still are actually probably going to run a little bit slower. That's right. The they, in order to take advantage of that new processor, they really they do need to be recompiled. And it's no mean feat to be able to do that. So so Photoshop would run, and the Adobe products run effectively in a, a sort of an emulation mode, um, but there is a clever technology that Apple's deployed called Rosetta, which has um, been able to basically bridge that, that gap to allow the non-native uh, code applications to run on the, the new technology and probably within the first in the next couple of months we will see 
the, uh, the, the native applications appear. And whilst the, the products are announced this, this week, they are actually shipping till mid-February, or if you're in Australia, probably August. And I'm really disappointed we didn't see the Mac flying car. No, but it will be out. You know, I think there'll be something sure else before the end of the, the trial. And Alan's in, a big, in line for that. Big in line for what? <laughs> for driving the Apple flying car. Now, the boys have got up. Is that it? We, we, you had enough, have you? <laughs> yep. We, <laughs> we just... All right, well, viewers, I can see that the, the, hunger's, the hunger's kicking in. And uh, we're going home. <laughs> Well, we'll have another show later in the later in the week, Alan. No doubt from from Denmark with a couple of your uh, we'll see if we can friends. catch their old friend Mary. She should um, she should be home on the castle. So uh, we'll um, we'll do a show from Denmark. Mary, Mary, quite contrary. Very good. All right. Well, thank you, Alan, for, for, for taking the time to, uh, to have the show and also blah 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 and show us around the the autosport show and come up with some great No ideas. problem. More than welcome. Good company. And of course, one of the other clever things that coming that uh, just just one quick thing is that um, the new version of um, uh, iLife 06, one of the new Mac apps, is going to um, uh, allow. We now we have some clever stuff that's going to make it far easier for uh, some inter other international guests to um, to be on the show. Um, yeah, that uh, is true. I believe we can be able to hook in the iChat AV. Uh, AV. AV. <laughs> Into the into the system and, and and we can record that into Garage Band and like everyone's going to be a podcast expert, so uh, yeah, that's good for the world of podcasting. Uh, but uh, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Rightio, um, it's only but it's not the other bar. Tell me how old chaps. <laughs> see yous. Good morning, Murray Walker. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. I came to the first one and I've been to all the others since and it just gets better and better every year. It is quite incredible and if you're a petrol head like you and I are, you, it's a place that you've just got to be. Murray, what's your excuse for not turning up at Classic Adelaide? Uh, we had to drink a fair bit of wine without you. <laughs> well, I wanted to be there but there were a combination of circumstances I won't bore you with now that prevented me from being there. But... Uh, I am going to be there for the Clipsal 500. You are indeed, yeah. and I'm yeah. the designer of the internet website for the event, so we talked about that before, and I thought I'd better find you, make sure you're going to get down there on Malaysian Airlines. Yeah, I'm definitely, uh, my wife and I are coming over, we're going to be there about uh, a week before the event, because I think there are a lot of publicity, personal appearances and all that sort of thing to do. And Australia is my favourite country outside my own, and in Australia Adelaide is my favourite place, and I'm not saying that just because I'm with you, but because it's true. So I'm really, really looking forward to it. It's my first uh, trip to Autosport, and I particularly like the Dunlop stand because there's a glass of champers at 11 and you're yeah. on at 12. Yes. <laughs> well, there's another glass of 11 and bacon butties as well. <laughs> well, let, let me let me turn turn the interview around and ask you if it's your first time here. What do you think of it? I think it's um, absolutely wonderful. It's great to be able to see all the old cars to really get an appreciation of how the sport has grown over the years. And it's, um, there's a lot of technology uh, around the place as well, and people are very friendly. Yeah, well, I, I mean, we, we are terribly lucky here in, in, in Britain because we've we've got things like this happening in the the auto sport dinner, and we expect them to happen, and we go to them every year. And there are people like yourself that come from the other side of the world and spend days getting here, and I can get in in the car and be here in an hour and a half, a couple of hours. I don't. I, I sometimes have to pinch myself to realise how lucky I am. 
This is my crazy friend Alan Simonson, Hello, Alan. who's Hello, a Danish uh, sports car driver who now lives in Melbourne and probably gets uh, more frequent flyer miles than most people. <laughs> what do you think of this? Well, I can only agree with you, Murray. I mean, uh, Australia is, uh, is is also my favourite country out of outside of where I'm from in Denmark, and um, I must admit that uh, this show is fantastic. I've come here since '99, um, and uh, it's the place to be, especially like myself. Um, making contacts with different teams and stuff. It, uh, this is where everyone gets together and it's absolutely fantastic. It's uh, quite difficult from my point of view because I seem to know every other person who is here and if you, want, if you wanted to go and look at something specific you never actually get to it because you spend so much time talking to friends that uh, you, you miss what you were there for in the first place. But I'm not complaining. You can be a little bit more anonymous in Adelaide. Uh, yes, that's Just true. a touch. Yeah. All right, thanks for taking time to, okay. to listen and, and have a chat and I um, hope you'll uh, well, catch up with us when you get down there on Radio Hot Lap. It's nice to see you in my country and I'm looking forward to being in yours. Thanks, Murray. Thank you. Thanks, Murray.